Yo, it's about time someone stood up to Auntie Eleanor. Well, you, not me. Oh, God. She can't know I was ever here. Hey, this is Marty McFly, and you're listening to Hydrate Level 4 Presents Podstalgic, a film podcast on core temp arts. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you telling me you built a time machine out of a podcast? Welcome to another episode of Podstalgic. This is a podcast where we take a nostalgic look and rediscover movies new and old. But for this episode, we are doing a new release movie, uh, 2018's Crazy Rich Asians. Uh, this movie is directed by uh, John M. Chu. Uh, it is based on the book, a bestseller. And some of the stars here, we got Rachel Chu playing or being played by Constance Wu, uh, Nick Young, played by Henry Golding, Eleanor Young's played by Michelle Yeoh. Um, you know, just a lot of people. Um, Aquafina is in here, Harry Shum Jr., Ken Jong. Uh, kind of a who's who, uh, really. Um, but kind of joining me on this review is a buddy of mine, Phil. Say hey, Phil. Hey, how's it going? Yep. Uh, Phil's been on the podcast a few times. Uh, not a podcaster, but a personal friend. Uh, we are both Asians. Um, are we both first generation? Uh, technically, we're second since we we're born here, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. How? Wait. How's that work? Uh, first generations are the parents usually that immigrate. There. There we go. We are yeah. second generations. Uh, both. Uh, yeah. Both. Uh, both of us are children of immigrants. Yeah. So there we go. Uh, we thought that we would do an instant review uh, for this movie. Um, so just for anybody that's tuning in for the first time, usually how I do my instant reviews, we, we're going to give a non-spoiler take on the movie, talk about some of the things uh, that we liked, and I'll give you guys a moment to pause the episode if you have not yet seen it. You know, if you just wanted to kind of check what we thought about the movie, whether or not we recommend recommend it um i'll play a trailer that'll give you the chance to pause so that way you can come back and hear the spoilers on the second part of the episode um so basically this movie is i, I never read the book uh, phil did you read the book no i didn't okay so that, neither of us have read the book so we have no uh, points of reference i did not you know read anything leading up to the movie i've seen the trailer one time so i had like i had an idea of what the movie was about i didn't know the exact story i just knew uh a Asian American girl, you know, falls in love and she goes to China to meet her boyfriend's family. And I kind of had an idea of what would happen, um, from then on. Uh, but Phil, let's start with the cast real quick because that's something that we kind of discussed during the movie, how everybody from left to right, uh, on the IMDb here, they were all great. You know, I think the supporting cast was, uh, was really not a good addition. That's not what I'm trying to say, but I thought everyone that was introduced was just perfect. I think everybody, I, I felt like, you know, when they would focus on one character, I'd be like, oh man, that's a scene stealer. And then we'll be introduced to like another supporting character. And I'm like, well, that's, that's the scene, scene stealer. So I don't think there was like anybody that was like underused or overused. I think it was a well balanced shot movie. I thought it was well written. And it's funny because before we even started watching the movie, you and I even had a discussion about how not a lot of movies have a lot of heart. And after watching this movie, I, I think this is the one that fits the bill. Yeah, I kind of agree. It, it's hard to find characters that you actually like develop like 
any kind of feeling or emotional attachment to, especially like in this modern day where there's so many blockbuster type tentpole movies where you get to know that character over, you know, a series of multiple movies. But in just this short movie, I, I just kind of grew to love a lot of the, the main cast or, or even the supporting cast as well. So. Yeah, the I really like the cast a lot. Uh, Constance Wu, you know, a lot of us know her from Fresh Off the Boat. I saw a little bit of my wife in her, you know. Uh, she is so cute on screen, like in her. This movie? Yeah, in this movie. In this movie. Okay. Yeah, she she reminded me a lot of Joanna a little bit, and um, like one specific scene. Um, I'm trying to think when it was. She was trying to explain something that had happened over the uh, bachelorette par- uh, weekend, I guess you can call it. Uh, so he, she's kind of filling him in on what's happening. And he's like trying to uh, console her and stuff like that. And the way Constance was uh, reacting to that, I felt it was very much kind of like my wife. You know, it was it was very cute and, and all of that. But, um, you know, she is obviously a comedian and comedians are very, uh, they're known to have like this, you know, great timing when it comes to emotional beats and stuff like that. Uh, but I think she was a great cast in the lead role. Henry Golding, I'm not familiar with him, but it's funny because there's a joke. Um, uh, somebody refers to him as like The Bachelor or whatever. And I guess uh, Henry Golding was actually on an episode of like The Bachelorette or like oh, a season he? or something like that. So like I, as a contestant? Yeah, I think oh. it was like an inside joke or something. So that was kind of funny. Um, again, we're not going to get into too many details or not too much details early on so just uh, again kind of a reminder for those that think that we might get into some spoilers um one thing uh, I really enjoyed about this, you know, most of it does take place in Singapore. Uh, it's not a culture that I'm very familiar with, but one thing that stood out to me was the music. You know, there was a lot of pop songs from uh, all types of different eras. Um, there was covers of some very good popular songs. Anything Mat- stand out to you? Yeah, the Material Girl uh, <laughs> uh, instrumental played for a while, and I was like, all right, after about 40 seconds of instrumental, I was expecting Madonna's voice to come in, but no, yeah. it, was, uh, it was a Chinese singer, so I thought that was really cool it was really cool yeah there was a bunch of like chinese covers they even had some of the more traditional chinese music as well um i didn't think anything stood out in terms of like oh you know i can't believe they're playing this i think everything was very tasteful the song i'm not going to mention it on this in this part but the song played during the wedding i thought was very beautiful uh the wedding itself you know obviously there well i don't know maybe it's not so obvious because maybe not everybody knows um, you know, the little bit of details about the story, but, uh, the two leads here, Rachel and Nick, you know, they fly over to Singapore for Nick's best friend's wedding, you know, where he is a groomsman. Um, so like the wedding itself, I, I thought it was very, was was beautiful it was like the best wedding i've ever seen yeah. you know uh, i know it's fictional but like even you know in reality shows where they do weddings and bridezilla and stuff like that i thought this was just amazing um i know you didn't see but uh i, I teared up a little bit <laughs> um i, I guess want to get back to the music when you watch a lot of movies sometimes music can totally just enhance just the feeling or sometimes it's just a cheap little ploy just to get you to feel good if the movie sucks just to play some nostalgic music but i, I thought like even though I mean, all the lyrics were in Chinese and my Chinese is fading. It still had like it still evoked like whatever the director wanted to evoke when when they were playing like the songs. I I guess I I just really liked how tastefully done like they or how how mindful they were when selecting these tracks because I thought they all kind of did serve a purpose and they all kind of flowed with the movie really well and kind of enhanced the storytelling. 
Yeah, yeah, no, I completely agree. I I think the uh direction was very very good too. Um just everybody was so on point uh in in the movie behind the camera. I thought the wardrobe was beautiful. Um the, let's talk a little bit about the title Crazy Rich uh, Asians. You know, it's something that we kind of talked a little bit about coming out of the movie theater. Uh I you kind of mentioned that it wasn't really like a love story, uh which I'll I'll give you a moment to kind of elaborate on that. Um you know, I, I see it as a love story, obviously, between these two. I feel that this is kind of like this would be a good double feature with Coming to America. But, um, you know, but it takes place in, uh, in in Singapore. So I saw it kind of like a reverse Coming to America, which that is my favorite comedy of all time. Yeah. Uh, I do love that movie. So I saw I saw a lot of parallels uh, in this movie. But uh, I would like for you to kind of touch on where you think you didn't think that it was kind of like a comedy romance because there, there's very um, there's some very emotional scenes in this movie as well. I, I guess it didn't really seem like the traditional romantic comedy to me, um, I guess because there's so much nuance and, and complexity with it. But to me, it didn't really seem like they're like the char- the main characters love for each other was front and center. It was more about to me, like some of the bigger uh, plot points in the movie were about you know class uh you know upper class and lower class old money versus new money and um you had you know and it's uh being americanized versus uh, versus being traditional chinese or traditional asians I, I thought those three subplots kind of uh took front and center over just their love in general um it, it wasn't like their love necessarily was tested on its own it was tested through those subplots so yeah, no, the subplots were very strong and you're right. It wasn't front and center. Um, there was a lot of different characters and a lot of other stories going on as well, uh, which, which we'll probably touch on a few of those, uh, in the spoiler section. Uh, so I think we'll go ahead and wrap up our instant takes there, the non-spoiler part. But before, uh, we play like a little trailer, uh, why don't you tell the listeners whether or not you recommend watching this in the theater? I liked it a lot and I, probably want to see it again uh, in the theater just because I liked it that much and and there was just so much I, I want to say there was just a, there was a lot more depth than I thought that there was going to be in, in a movie uh, in this movie the, the way it was marketed I, I didn't expect the movie to be this complex and filled with so much I don't know nuance I guess so I, I kind of want to do it justice by watching it again like and, and and catching maybe some of the subtler things that I didn't really notice the first time because some of these subplots aren't aren't really aren't really like common subplots that you'll get in an American movie or at least in a Hollywood movie. And I want to say like just being Asian, I I identify with a lot of these things, but it, it felt so foreign to me to see it on a screen being played out, but played out in such an authentic way that it's forcing me to think. And I feel like I kind of need to spend more time to think about it, watch it again, just to let it digest a little more. And, and I'm really curious what the box office numbers are to me because I, I have... I don't know. I, I feel like I, I, me and Peter here are, are watching this movie with a different set of lens than maybe the rest of America might be, you know, the, you know, that are, that aren't really familiar with Asian culture, I guess, or traditional Asian cultures or, or, uh, you know, Asian Americans. There, there's, you know, like to America, like that's all just really similar. But to us, there, there is very big distinct differences between just traditional Asians and, and Asian Americans, I guess. So I, I kind of want to spend a little more time to, to dissect those things. 
Yeah, I uh, I like a lot of what you said there. Um, I see a lot of values, uh, you know, in this uh, you know in this family dynamic. Uh, a, a lot of the I don't want to call them issues, but a lot of the I don't know subject matter or whatever was very familiar growing up uh, in terms of class and values and tradition and culture, uh, despite being nowhere. Uh, I I'm more like Constance uh, Constance Wu's character. You know, I'm we are not by any means comfortable, but there's a relatability uh, about these characters and what they're going through. So the money has nothing to do with it. Um, but yeah, I highly recommend this movie. I loved it. I would love to see it again. I don't know if you know. Just I don't know if I have the time with all the different podcasts that I do. Um, but. Not only do I love this movie, I would try to tell my wife to get her friends to go, and I would pay for it for them to go watch because I think they would very much enjoy this movie. I I agree. I mean, I, I don't really know how to explain it, but there, I I guess like there's a lot of these struggles, a lot of these subplots in this movie are things that I've dealt with in my life and 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 questions that I've always had, and and I'm sure it's it's not just unique to me, but it's to all Asian Americans. And and before the movie started, uh, Peter had mentioned that it's been over 25 years since there's been an an all Asian movie kind of uh, centered type of movie, and and so it's been that long since I've seen our story. I mean, Asian stories represented on the big screen, so it, it seems just so unfamiliar to me. But it the moment I saw these themes and subplots play, like I mean multiple multiple ones i mean multiple 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 of these like so many of these themes i guess are are just so relatable to me and just not just me but my family my cousins like they're all like struggles that we all have internally with um being second generation asian americans versus having parents that were born overseas and immigrated here and and adapting to um american culture while also feeling like the need to please our parents because so much of asian culture is rooted in the family structure not the individual and that was one of the main plot points in this movie too so i really identified with some of the themes yeah you know themes was probably the word i was looking for earlier and i i think you know um ethnicity all aside i, I think everybody can find something that they can latch on to that they've uh, either experienced or heard about firsthand um in terms of the relationships and the character dynamics and stuff like that um so yeah both highly recommended um by us definitely go watch it um you know support uh the you know representation matters so definitely go check out this movie and at the this point we'll go ahead and play a little trailer for those that have not seen the movie and after the break we will get into spoilers and more of the details do you want to see where i grew up me and my family i hardly know anything about them there's half of them that you love and respect and there's the other half your dress is a disaster which half am i meeting mom this is rachel Chu. i'm so happy to meet you in case you will never be enough She's like trying to play a game of chicken with me. You gonna roll up and be like, bop, bop, bitch. Okay, maybe like not as aggressive. Crazy Rich Asians. Ready PG-13. Only in theaters August 15th. All right, we're back. So at this point, if you're listening to us, you have either seen the movie or don't care that we're getting to spoilers. Um, let's see. Was, was there anything that you really wanted to jump into right now before we get into some of the scenes? Um, what do you mean? You know, just uh, something that was on your mind that you're like, oh, I want to touch on that right now. Not on the top of my head because I'm still like digesting the movie and what was going on. I, I, I guess one one part that was really interesting for me was towards the end. Um, 
let's see here, uh, Nick and Rachel had come to some kind of conclusion where they were broken up, I guess, I towards the end. And I, I was really curious why she wasn't crying after, you know, like she is no longer, I, I guess at this point in the movie, she's no longer with the love of her life, I guess at this point. And then just moments later, her mom had flown from New York all the way out to Singapore to console her during her, during her, uh, you know, her dark times, I guess. And when her and her mom were opening up, I noticed that she was bawling her eyes out and crying then. So like, I, I was really curious about if there was any intention between those, between that action, I guess. So that, that was something that I was thinking about. I, I don't really know how to interpret it at this time, but I, I kind of want to revisit the movie just to see, you know, what maybe character motivations there were and, and maybe why that was deliberate or not, if that was deliberate or not. Yeah, you know, um, just my two cents on that. I, I feel like perhaps it's something that she's just kind of emotionally numb, you know, with all the sh you know shit that she's kind of gone through up until this point. Yeah. Uh, she had a, a cut up fish, you know, in her hotel room. Um, she's being scolded by her boyfriend's mother the entire movie. Um, so I think she's just emotionally drained. And um, at that point, she's just processing through everything, just re thinking life with nick you know and so when her mom comes that's that is comfortable to her you know and that's the only person that she can use right now i mean aquafina's character i'm not even going to try to pronounce her name um what is it peking go pick pickling go yeah see again so i'm just gonna call her aquafina because she's the, you know the rapper that was also in oceans eight but even she couldn't get rachel to budge you know she tried yeah. getting her to come out and shower and eat she wasn't doing anything so uh, a little convenient that it was nick that's like hey you know she's not answering my calls so you know can you please come you know um to you know to the mother uh we don't see that and that's one of the things i like like john m chu i'm not too familiar with i'm sure if you pulled up like his filmography i'm sure i've seen some movies um i feel he he feels like a very seasoned director you know um but anyway i felt that it you know there was it this movie clocks in at two hours and i thought the pacing was done so well they cut out stuff that i feel you know amateur directors would have left in and we're thinking why do we need that because they referenced that later on you know what i mean so like when we, we don't see that Rachel decides that she doesn't want to be with uh, Nick, you know, for, um, you know, she has like this great scene with Michelle Yeoh's character and she explains all of that. And so we get that exposition later on. So I'm glad we didn't see the scene, you know, going through the motions. So that's one thing that they do very well is like the exposition and um, introducing characters in exposition without, you know, kind of forcing situations or uh actual introductions with rachel's character you know and i'm referencing like when they're on the plane in the beginning of the movie she's like i don't know nothing about your family you know i don't know anybody uh at this wedding that we're going to and then he kind of gets into like oh well my cousin is this person and this is what they're like and then we get like a little introduction scene and those are all funny and i forget the the one guy's name but like um the one with the the family i think they had like three little boys and the wife named fiona like there's that one point where rachel meets him and he's like oh this is my wife fiona and they're about to talk and he's like her name's fiona you know um where they're <laughs> doing so like the poses that's so stereotypical though. <laughs> it was hilarious yeah. that's man this this movie is also so funny uh one thing but it's self-aware too like it, it's self-aware of all these different stereotypes and, and yeah and just common asian cultures and it and it represented all of them i, I don't think they missed any really 
really. Yeah, Aquafina taking uh, selfies, walking up the stairs, just go change. Yeah, I, I thought it was, yeah, that was hilarious. Like, uh, this one is completely, like, a little um, outlandish, but, like, that one point where Nick invites her to come in, and, you know, she's like, oh, no, no, just playing it coy at first. And she's yeah. like, fuck it, I'll go in. Yeah. And, uh, and then she goes to the trunk, and she pulls out, like, four different dresses, and each of them are labeled for something different. There, there was clubbing, there was cocktail, <laughs> and then there was walk of shame. Those were the three I remember. <laughs> Oh, yeah. That's, oh, man. She, Aquafina was so good. I, I feel she was definitely the comedic relief. Her family, her entire family it was awesome. Man. Yeah. I could have done without the creepy brother. But... I, I thought he was funny, too, for someone that barely had any screen time for, yeah. for just maybe 30 seconds of screen time split across four scenes. Yeah. He was funny, I thought. No, I get it. I yeah. think, I think he was very effective. Again, like, I felt like it was creepy, but I'm sure that's exactly what they were going for. Um, yeah, I thought, uh, I thought his character was just a little oof. You know, if maybe if he had some more, if, if we just didn't get the sense that he was just straight up a creep, I think I would have been better if, if we got some humanizing qualities out of him. Uh, however, I did like the exchange when they were like eating lunch and Ken, Ken Jong was all like, Oh, this is great, great eight over here. You know, she's yeah. like the gold standard, yeah, uh, the, her backside <laughs> or something, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, like over the course of the movie, as you see kind of Aquafina is like, uh, I don't know. She didn't really have a character arc or story arc, but as you see more and more scenes with her, like you, you, you kind of, you kind of like looked at it and was like, wow, she's just like Ken Jong, who was her father in this movie. And I was like, wow, that's really yeah. cool. Like they, they definitely felt like they were part of the same family in, yeah. in the way they talked or their mannerisms or the way Absolutely. they Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So again, you know, just kind of giving kudos to the, to the casting, you know, they did an amazing job. Uh, I was curious, Peter, what you thought about this. Cause it's something I'm still thinking about, but how do you feel were the, like the contrast and parenting style between Michelle Yeoh's character and, and Constant Wu's mom? Well, the the contrast. Well, I mean, obviously Michelle Yeoh's uh, character. What's what's her Eleanor? Um, I mean, she's very business, you know, business like. Um, kind of, you know, I'm not gonna show you emotions because that that uh, is signs of a weak person. You know what I mean? Like, I feel she's very old school. You know, kind of like kind of like my dad. You know, like I'm I'm not gonna hug you because i'm your father like i'm not gonna do that because it's again kind of like signs of a weak person um constance Wu's constance Wu's mom i i liked her character too in the backstory of you know having abusive husbands and and then she found somebody else that that she just kind of fell in love with and got pregnant and to protect them both she fled to usa or you know to america so i mean this is stuff that we have heard from other people's moms you know i mean not even just asian but like this is a very familiar story um again like you know none, none of us have uh, read the book but um i i feel they were probably true to it uh so gotta give credit to the author as well um i, I don't think i answered your question but I do see that Constance, Rachel's mother, I feel like she understands that Rachel is, um, you know, very much Americanized and that's kind of what she wanted for her daughter. Um, and she even prepared her daughter like, well, going to Singapore is a different thing. You have a Chinese face. You have, um, you know, you speak Chinese, but you are American. 
Yeah. And I guess that's where I kind of relate. It's that that dynamic. It's like, how much do you keep as traditional Asian and how much you keep as, you know, an Asian American? And I found her mom to be really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, primarily, it's like she was probably really traditional at one point, And then she was on the brink of death is what she was saying. She was fearful for her life. So she kind of had to like leave, not just leave that all behind physically, but like just in terms of how how she was in terms of hanging on to Asian culture was too like just because you know my parents moved to America uh, I mean were refugees and came to America but they still kept a lot of those same Asian qualities with them Mm -hmm. where it seemed like Rachel's mom was you know willing to adapt and more assimilate to American culture And, and and but it wasn't all the way there. Like she wasn't a hundred percent Americanized in, in that there was a really big secret that we don't really find out till, you know, towards the end of the movie that, uh, that, uh, Rachel's mom actually left her husband and, and, you know, like, and so, you know, withholding secrets from your kids and, and not withholding shame from them like that, that's a really big theme with Asian families. So mm-hmm. like, I, I thought that was really interesting that, that contrast with her mom, even though she didn't really have that much screen time. Like, yeah. I was thinking about her mom a lot. So. Yeah, you know, they're all about like saving face and that's kind of what we get from Eleanor's character. Um, you know, my parents were very much old school, old country values and tradition and stuff like that. And, uh, me being the oldest of four, I felt like a lot of that was instilled in me growing up, you know, keep the English at school, speak our native tongue at home. Um, but as, you know, as we uh, as I had more siblings you know I think my parents you know kind of got a little bit more lax they started speaking English I'm like wait what was this when I was growing up why are you speaking English to my sisters you know you know you you told me not to get a phone but you buy them phones so my parents have definitely adapted um I don't even want to say to like American culture but to the western I guess evolution of things but uh and that's part of it but the other part is you parents always expect more out of their firstborn son at least at least Asian parents do so like, yeah. there's that higher bar to meet right mhm um yeah Ugh, man this movie is so good it, it's good but do you think that it's something that's going to resonate with audiences that aren't familiar with Asian cultures i guess like i i feel like it's obvious enough like the way uh Michelle Yeoh's character kind of portrayed it like it was really effective i just don't know if it's something that western westerners would appreciate though you know what i mean like yeah i i see what you're saying um i mean i feel it's not personal right right no i feel like a lot of people um you know that aren't asian probably know somebody that is like somebody in this movie uh and you know i i feel that you know some somebody black, white, Hispanic, whatever, they're going to be like, oh, man, that's just like our friend, you know, and even if they're not Asian, again, I, I think you take away the ethnicity, it's it's about, you know, people, you know, it's about family dynamic, you know, everybody has their own culture and tradition from, you know, wherever their uh, original background is from. Um, again, you know, I don't think it's about being Asian or even being rich, it, it comes down to those values. And um, I think a lot of people can relate to that. So I think this... I guess that's true. Like, even yeah. if you can't relate to all those things, you mm-hmm. can relate to a lot of the subplots enough. Like, because class is a very real thing. And that's that's one of the central issues dividing America right now, right? Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and you know, we, we kind of tint it with the racial aspect. But really, it ultimately boils down to class, you know? And I think um, 
The other thing is, like, one could probably argue that neither of us are Chinese or Chinese American. You know, okay, well, yeah, okay, you got some in your family, yes. Uh, so, but for me, you know, one may argue like, well, you you don't understand because you're not Chinese. Yeah. You know, and I, and I think that's a fair argument. But um, but again, take. Take all of that aside, you know. I've seen a lot of this stuff back at home.、Uh, there used to be a time, you know, where、um, my parents they would frown upon、uh, my sister dating outside of our race. You know, there was that there was a that that was a time. You know,、um, my, my sister is now in a interracial relationship, and my parents are very accepting of her boyfriend. You know, so they have changed, and so that's kind of what we see with Eleanor's character too. You know, I, I think. Um, basically, not that she met her match in Rachel, but I think Rachel really got to her, you know. And there was an understanding, which I, I love that callback to that ring too. And you know, that scene nearly broke me, man. It made me cry. I'm telling you, this movie is so good.、Uh, it was kind of not an emotional roller that was, coaster. That was, a, that was an unexpected like little twist at the oh, end. Oh man,、uh, so good. It was so good. Um, but because that, that ring symbolized that. The mother finally approved of Rachel. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there was no other、uh, powerful way that you know it could have done.、Uh, we're taking a look at the Rotten Tomato score right now, and、um, you know, ninety-two percent, man, that's pretty awesome. It, audience score ninety-five, so it's people are really enjoying this movie. Yeah, that's you know, there's another theme that's really powerful with Asian cultures that isn't prevalent with Western cultures, and it's the dynamic between parent and children, and. In a lot of Asian cultures, there is a hierarchy that doesn't really exist in American culture. Where、uh, in American culture, like people view, like they're you know they treat their kids as if they're equals. Whereas in Asian cultures, there's that hierarchy of you know like the children are below you. And and I found it really interesting that like there's secrets that are kept from parents to to children in a lot of Asian cultures, and that's something I dealt with myself. And I, I thought that was really fascinating, and and you know Constance Wu's char-、uh, character dealt with it, and and、uh, you know even her、uh, love interest dealt with it too, and I, it's something that I've struggled with.、Um, I know I'm I'm 34 now, and I, and I didn't really know about my family history, despite being really close with my family, and、uh, maybe three years ago, three or four years ago, I just found out that my grandma was rich,、mm. and and it wasn't just like. Rich, rich, but like it was insanely rich, and it wasn't till last spring that she showed me photos of her own home, and there was a castle with a moat around it. Damn! And so it's like it—it's crazy how even I can identify with this story in in just a small way. That despite loving my grandma and being really close to my grandma, like she would keep stuff like that secrets from me, you、mm-hmm. know, and that's kind of unheard of, I would say, in Amer in, in Western culture. So yeah. Um, couple of、uh, scenes I kind of want to、uh, touch on just because I think they're good in their own way, whether it's funny or just very powerful or moving, whatever.、Um, Ken Jeong's character, Aquafina's dad,、uh, in the movie, I just love some of these like Asian references and jokes. Now our showing was a little bit later, so you know it was kind of a smaller crowd. I felt I was laughing so hard that I might have like annoyed people.、Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. I was laughing pretty damn loud and hard、uh, because it's just so freaking funny, man. There was one point where 
Ken Jong was trying to get his kids to eat, and he's like, you know, they're starving children in America. <laughs> Look at her. <laughs> you don't oh, want to be skinny like her. And they had the two chubby daughters shake their head no. <laughs> oh man, it's so good. And then there's that point where um, they're referencing like uh, the, the the dress she's wearing, and it's red. And he's like, oh, you know, it looks like a like a red envelope. You a know, red envelope. Little, yeah. Yeah. So for those that are you know unfamiliar with the, the red envelope, usually it's handed out. Um, usually at like New Year's, but but also birthdays, like birthdays, baby weddings. showers, weddings, yeah. uh, any kind of occasion that is just kind of like here, we want to wish you luck. You're handed a red envelope with some money in it, you know, so that's usually what it is. So it's kind of like a, like a blessing. So that was super hilarious. So if you didn't know that joke may not had a hit with you, but I was laughing so hard. It was one of those that I just wanted to like slap Phil like next yeah. to me, you know, like pound him on the shoulder, uh, laugh out kind of funny. Um, I, I thought it was kind of cool. Like Ken Jong's probably the most recognizable name on this cast for you know for most westerners i guess yet they didn't really like give him all that much screen time and it, it seemed deliberate like it and it didn't really need it right no I mean, not at know? all you know uh, again what i feel what mattered to the filmmakers was picking actors that you know are for look you kind of joked earlier that you were thinking that scarlet joe scar joe might make a, a cameo or something like that right yeah so um no they didn't have any character in here where you just kind of like mm, that's an interesting cast casting you know what i mean yeah so i think it was important to them that they were all at least asian you know I, i'm sure most of them are some kind of variation of like chinese yeah and it it wasn't like they just put star power names just for the sake of, you know, fill the fill the poster up with all these recognizable names. Like, it, it just really felt like they casted people in perfect roles, I guess, that, I don't know, it just seemed so perfect. Like, it, it was kind of shocking in a way, you know? Yeah, I mean, uh, like, even the the ladies that played, like, the, uh, the aunties and stuff like that, they weren't trying... circles, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they, they weren't trying to, like, draw in, um, uh, like, an audience with, like, known people. Obviously, you have some big names in there. Michelle Yeoh, uh, people, you know, may know her from, like, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, like, a, a bunch of other martial arts movies. But I thought she was great in here as well. Again, like, a lot of those... uh other women, I, I don't know, but they had uh, some pretty good sized roles as well. Um, now, the the dynamic between Rachel and Eleanor um, was very, very interesting. There's a couple moments that I just really enjoyed because I thought it was, you know, kind of, you know, like this chess match, you know, where where uh, Rachel just doesn't know how to counter. Um, but there's that one point where they're at the stairs and, you know, um, uh, Eleanor, she's like, oh, you know, I, I feel like I've been unfair. And Rachel's kind of taking it a little bit differently. And then, you know, we get the whole deal with like, you know, my, my, my son just, he's been gone uh, a little too long. He's kind of forgotten himself, blah, blah, blah. But also she says something like, you'll never measure up, you know, and it was a smack in the face. But I love the way it was shot because uh, Rachel takes a step back and she goes down a step. Uh -huh. And then uh, Eleanor, like, moves forward. So there's, like, that power play, too. So I thought that was a very powerful scene. I'm like, oh, she's shit. Looking, she's looking down at Yeah, her. she's looking down at her figuratively and literally yeah. at that point. And so when I was watching that, I was like, fuck. You know, I was like, how is she going to counter this? I, I think that she wasn't trying to counter the mother through like probably till like 
I don't remember the specific point, but Aquafina's character was 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 trying to uplift her, like mm-hmm. saying, like, no, you're you're not a nobody. You're you're actually a college professor, like, right. and then you helped me with my life, like, fuck, you know, fuck, bitch, yeah, <laughs> you know, like, and it wasn't until then, and then Aquafina's character goes, well, you just need to, you know pretty much put the ball back in your court at, you know what you were good at and and the movie's point was that uh, she she was like a game theorist that like right. that that was kind of one of her opening scenes was just killing this kid in poker so i guess that was kind of like it came full circle at the end when they were playing mahjong because that was when she decided to be an equal or to outsmart the mom mm-hmm. rather than to be subservient to her yeah so a lot of things to like about this movie. It, it caught me by surprise again. And that's gotta be difficult, right? Because you're always you're always taught to be respectful of your elders in Asian right. cultures. So yeah. that that took a lot of growth just to get to that point where you're trying to one up the mom, or at least be viewing yourself as equal to the mom. Right? Yeah, I can I can see like a um, you know first generation to kind of go back to what we were saying earlier. I can see somebody you know watching this and be like, you see, you see what what happens growing up in America. You're gonna end up like like Rachel. Yeah. But you know that's what you want. You want your kids to kind of be able to stand up for yourself i don't like the old school way of thinking and stuff you know um but is that fair i mean you only don't like it because you're influenced by american culture but if you weren't like would you still feel that way i don't know you're kind of hard to say you're a product of your environment right Mm, that is true so um yeah ah man Uh, i definitely want to go watch it again Uh, it was so good. Uh, anything else you want kind of want to touch on? Um, any any scenes or anything like that? I, I think we touched on quite a bit of stuff. What about characters and stuff? What did you like more? I guess did you like the story more or the characters? Like what what was more impact, impactful for you? For me, I think um, I think it was the characters. I, I think the, the the writers. I mean, again, we got to give credit to the author of the original book, yeah. but the filmmakers. I, I think what they did was they understood these characters, you know, and I feel if it was, let's just say a white man in Hollywood, it would have been maybe a little bit more stereotypical, maybe somebody who didn't quite get the characters, you know what I mean? So, um... That's a good point, because every time we see any Asian representation in in Hollywood... Or lack thereof. Or lack thereof, it it, it feels almost like it's meant for a different audience, where they're, they're... boiling down like the complexity of an Asian person or Asian character down to like these simple stereotypes that often are are condescending or or disrespectful in a way right I mean one of the first Asian characters I remember in like a Hollywood movie in the 2000s was uh, Johnny Tran in Fast and the Furious oh, yeah. and, and and then he and then the family brought out this like this cheesy line of you res- you disrespected my family my honor or something like that you know yeah so to go from that point till you know 18 years later to actually have Asian representation in a movie and, and not even show any Asians in a derogatory or stereotypical way like it it feels man that feels kind of good you know yeah i mean this is a very happy movie everyone's in uh very good situations except for one couple which phil you saw like a bit of a stinger uh towards the end they, i guess they were trying to imply that uh, there was two couples in the movie that looked like they were having marital mar- uh, marriage issues so they kind of connected eyes at the end so I'm, I'm i'm wondering if they're implying on having a romantic relationship together or something yeah which uh, again um you know this is uh the first of a, a three-part 
series, you know, book wise. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know if there's going to be like a, a second and third movie. But again, like I wasn't trying to do very much research. I really wanted to kind of watch it at face value and I really enjoyed it. And I think that kind of worked out to my benefit. I feel like maybe if somebody had read the book and if there's, you know, any kind of differences, maybe they wouldn't like it so much because you know how, you know how that goes, you know, like Harry Potter and all that stuff. Um, so I don't know. I, I really enjoyed it for what it's worth. Uh, I loved the entire cast I, I think they were all great everybody in here beautiful beautiful people men and women um you know the, the guy who plays nick very handsome dude and, you know and i i think uh we got like a handful of like you know just kind of regular looking folk too so they weren't trying to make like everybody look sexy but um i think perhaps a a point on the checklist was to be like you know what we look beautiful too you know because you know how like for decades you know the asian people would just be the males would be demasculized demasculized yes, or something like exactly that. Not saying that right but... right no no that's yeah. you're saying that right that's yeah. exactly it yeah. um but yeah so it, it was you know kind of a, a fresh breath there to see everyone look so beautiful and portrayed in in such a way where it, we aren't a joke you know what I mean? So, uh, Crazy Rich Asians, they are all very much that, in my opinion. Um, f again, from everybody from top to bottom, they're all crazy in their own way. Um, Do you like the title? I think it's fitting, you know, for what we see with everybody. Uh, one of my favorite lines, and this has nothing to do with the title. It just kind of yeah. popped up. But Oliver's character, he called himself like the rainbow sheep of the family. Yeah, yeah, that, that was really funny. <laughs> yeah, just a great line. Instead of, instead of black sheep, of course. Yeah, right. And uh, you kind of compared to him uh, as like perhaps like the Chinese um, Perez, Hil uh, Perez Hilton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could kind of see that. So uh, just a, a bunch of great characters. And we're just kind of rambling on now. Um, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I definitely want to watch it again i'll at least buy it when it comes out for sure yeah i, I want to support it i i don't want to wait another 25 years for another <laughs> all asian cast movie yeah okay all right so i think that's gonna wrap it up phil i want to thank you for coming on all right thanks for having me on all right so for anybody wants to that wants to check out any of my other content you know this uh this podcast focuses on nostalgia so i do a lot of movies from like the 80s and 90s early 2000s but i do movies just in general and we take a nostalgic trip talk about like um other movies that came out the the same weekend release of whatever movie we're reviewing uh talk about the number one song at the time it's released so if that sounds like something you'd be interested in please go back and check out you know some of the other episodes i've been on a bit of a hiatus is because I've been covering YouTube Premium's Cobra Kai on another podcast called TV Ate My Brain. Uh, so I reviewed each episode um, with my co-host Tom uh, from Jake and Tom Conquer the World. And we also interviewed, at the time of this recording, uh, 12 cast members from that show. So if you liked The Karate Kid or have seen some episodes of Cobra Kai, check it out. Um, you know, we got a group page that's, um, you know, I, th I think like five of the the uh, cast members moms have joined so we kind of become become like an unofficial uh hangout for for them and they're sharing like behind the scenes photos and stuff so um you know check that out if that is something that you're interested in uh but if you want to contact me continue the conversation you know on twitter you can find me at paulstalgic phil you can be found at filthy animal just check the show notes for the links and uh if you do instagram if that's a thing for you i am also at paulstalgic on instagram and my group page paulstalgic and friends where i post everything that i produce on any of the different podcasts that i'm on so check me 
out there. Uh, thank you guys again for checking out this episode, and I hope you guys go out and support the movie. Wise men say Only fools rush in But I can't help falling in love with you Thank you for listening to the Court and Parts Podcast Network. To listen to more Court and Parts shows, visit courtandparts.com.